Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Sean Carlson. More than a dozen firefighters are recovering after they were injured battling a three-alarm fire on Hester Street in Manhattan's Little Italy last night. Two people sustained serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Two civilians also sustained minor injuries. The fire was under control just after 8 p.m. Fire marshals are investigating the cause. There's a new love letter to New York City out. It's devoted to our sprawling and diverse Asian food scene. Made Here includes recipes and stories from 43 restaurants and 24 neighborhoods across the city. It's self-published by the volunteer group Send Chinatown Love, which was started by young Asian professionals during the height of the pandemic. Editor Christophe Sangrosa explains their goal. We are trying to celebrate New York City's culinary buku melting pot, you know, that immigrant pathways can create uh, in terms of cuisine. Some of those selections include the legendary turnip cakes from Golden Unicorn and the scallion pancake PEC, that's plantain, egg and cheese tacos from the Forsyth Fire Escape on the Lower East Side. Stick around, there's more after the break. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long. And I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done. And that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright. A star of The Color Purple honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. But why Uber and Lyft have agreed to a $328 million settlement with New York State Attorney General to settle allegations of wage theft. Both companies also agreed to provide sick leave and minimum base pay starting at $26 an hour. My colleague Janae Pierre caught up with former Uber and Lyft driver Milan Gassima to talk about how the settlement will affect him and his fellow drivers. Can you tell me a bit more about how you started working for Uber and Lyft? I started working with Uber in 2014. And then uh, two years after that, I got hired by Lyft on the Uber platform to work as a Lyft driver as well. So a good 10 years with both companies collectively. I'm wondering, when did you start noticing a discrepancy between what the customer paid and what you were paid? Around um, 2017, um, after I got the first uh, the first settlement went in, I, I, woke, I woke up one day and I saw $7,000 in my account. And then... I double-checked and I was told that it was uh, Uber who paid us the money that it would, they were taking from us as a, as of sale tax and black car funds. And then after that, I got lucky one time to uh, to have a customer who was complaining about about the, uh, the price he was charged. And then uh, I asked them, I mean, I, I explained them that I was not responsible for whatever they got charged. And in, a, in the course of the complaining, they showed me the their screen and I noticed that uh, whatever they were charged was completely different from whatever Uber, Uber um, told me that they charged the customer. So the attorney general's investigation began back in 2020 after the New York Taxi Workers Alliance, the TWA, filed a complaint about wage theft. 
Now, the AG's office found the two companies improperly diverted hundreds of millions of dollars from drivers' wages to pay taxes that should have been paid by passengers for several years. Now, you'll be getting around $25,000 from this settlement. How does that make you feel? Is that a good number? Do you feel like, you know, you're being properly compensated from 10 years of service? Well, I think they should pay me more with the, with the interests and everything. So more money is always better. But still, uh, then the, the amount that they're giving me is, uh, is, is a significant amount to, to put changes in my life. Um, I'll be able with this money to uh, start my wife's dream business that I can put in place as soon as I, I get the money. So I can't wait to receive the, the settlement. I'm curious, what what more can New York City officials and, and New York State officials do to hold Uber and Lyft accountable? NYTWA, which I'm a member of, already uh, put in a, a bill called uh, 1078, uh, deactivation bill. Uh, we would love to see Uber and Lyft stop uh, deactivating drivers as they are doing right now. There is uh, Because of the state allowed them to fire people with no reper- repercussions, they they abusing those uh, those rules and you can be the best of the best drivers ever on their platform if one customer say one statement but you cannot just turn somebody's life upside down just for a fake statement or a false statement with no evidence and malang that's personal for you right you were deactivated correct i personally got deactivated uh from from uber from from lyft before and then from uber just because of somebody say a statement uh, that is not true and that they didn't Uber didn't need to tell them to give them evidences and even if I was driving with them for about 10 years and never have I had any bad incidents with them I'm a five-star driver I'm a I'm a, I'm a diamond diamond status driver so everything in my situation everything in my record is showing that I am not excellent but I'm an excellent driver for the company they still went ahead and just deactivated me because somebody lied about me without them requesting any evidence. So I'm going through hardship right now. I'm going through all kind of hardship you can imagine because of that injustices from Uber and Lyft. I apologize for that, Malang, but congratulations on your settlement. I hope that makes things a little bit better. Malang Asama, a former Uber and Lyft driver, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. That's my colleague Janae Pierre talking to former Uber and Lyft driver Malang Asama. Lyft says they take safety reports from riders and drivers seriously, and if a driver disagrees with the action taken, they can ask for the decision to be reviewed. The company says Malang's account remains permanently deactivated based on the evidence received and reviewed by their team. Uber says they built a robust process to review reports and allow drivers to dispute deactivations. Uber reactivated Malang's account after WNYC reached out to the company about Malang's deactivated account. A new exhibit at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, a living memorial to the Holocaust in Lower Manhattan, seeks to introduce children to the history of the Holocaust. The exhibit highlights the heroism of the Danish resistance, which helped more than 7,000 Jews survive. Planning has been going on for months, long before the Israel-Hamas war broke out last month. But organizers say its message about our shared humanity and resistance to hate is more important than ever. Here's WMIC's Jessica Gould. As you enter the exhibit, a hologram of a teenage girl welcomes you. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Just give me one second. Her name is Rebecca. She's Jewish, living in Copenhagen when it was occupied by the Nazis. My father ran a general store. He sold the best ice cream in the whole city. The Nazis forced him to sell his store for practically nothing. 
She's one of several holograms of young people guiding children through the story of community and humanity in the face of genocide during World War II. In October 1943, the Nazis were getting ready to deport the Jews to concentration camps. We said, what do we have to do to get them out of here? But members of the Danish resistance hid them in basements, hospitals, and churches, and then smuggled them on fishing boats to Sweden. You were put down like sardines because they wanted to get as many as possible on the boat. Most of the 8,000 Jews survived. The new exhibit is unusual because it's geared to younger children, ages 9 to 12. So you won't find the more graphic images of the Holocaust here. The museum worked with kids from local schools to make sure text on the walls is accessible and clear. Curator Ellen Barry says they want this story to be an inspiring introduction to one of the darkest chapters in modern history. This really is a story of hope. It shines a light on our shared humanity. I first took a tour right before the exhibit opened in early October. Just days later, Hamas attacked Israel, killing around 1,400 civilians. It was the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. Now the two sides are locked in a brutal war. More than 10,000 people have died in Gaza, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. And globally, hate crimes have targeted both Muslims and Jews. The Jewish Heritage Museum increased security following the attack. Barry says the core message of the exhibit is more important than ever. And I think for kids who may be really struggling with what's going on, it's a wonderful opportunity to see that even in the darkest times, it is possible to make moral decisions and do the right thing and stand up for what's right. It's a message that resonates with Imogen Williams. She plays the role of the teenager in the hologram, Rebecca. She's 18 and a student at the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Queens. Her grandfather was one of the young Jews rescued from Denmark by boat to Sweden. If the Danes did not help my family escape, I would not be here today. She says she hopes the exhibit will encourage empathy between people of all backgrounds. If we all learn about each other a little more, we will all learn to understand each other better. The exhibit, Courage to Act, Rescue in Denmark, is currently on view at the Museum of Jewish Heritage on Battery Place. That's WNYC's education reporter, Jessica Gould. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. I'm Sean Carlson. We'll be back tomorrow.